Hey everyone, John Kennedy here with Above Board. And you know, entrepreneurs can get stuck at every stage of growth. And our guest today, Lynn Tickner, loves to help get them unstuck. Her creative agency, Ink and Key, helps entrepreneurs start with a great name for their idea and then turn that idea into a thriving business. And I can speak from experience on this topic as Lynn and her team have had a great impact on the name Canderpath, which I think we'll get into here in a moment. Um, she is also a story brand certified guide. Lynn uses the power of story to help brands uncomplicate their message, create marketing that works and reach their ideal clients. Lynn, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. It's so fun to be here. Oh, I'm, I've, been, I've been wanting to have you on the show for a while. And so I'm glad that you agreed to coming on with us. And I, maybe I think a fun place to start is um, the story about, I mean, you helped us come up with the name Canterpath Financial. Maybe we should start there. And, and just kind of like how you help businesses uh, do that idea creation and all that creative stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it kind of goes back to helping people get unstuck. Um, yeah. I'm a problem solver at heart. And um, I have my background is actually in teaching. I have a master's in early childhood education. And so I always love to take complicated things and make them simple. Um, yeah. Right. Starting with little kids. That's kind of what I learned to do is explain things and teach things in a way that it makes sense. And so um, it kind of my answer to your question goes a little bit into my backstory of how I started my business, but I was literally trying to make ends meet. Um, I was a stay home mom, homeschooling my kids um, and literally trying to pay bills and put groceries on the table and things like that. And so I started um, trying to make extra money by joining naming contests. And I um, took part in these naming contests and noticed some problems and I'm not going to name names because all these brands are great and they do a good job, the ones that run naming contests. But just as a participant, I noticed some problems and I was sure. like, oh, I can fix this. And so I had some people that are still on my naming team to this day that were so supportive, two ladies in particular. And I was like, hey, what do you guys think? If I like... I could do this. We could do a contest together. What do you think? And they're like, do it. And that's kind of where a lot of this stuff started is I just was like, well, let's just try this because, um, you know, it all came down to communication and making sure that, you know, and maybe if people who are listening don't understand what's a naming contest, um, I might want to throw that in too. Just it's, you know, if like you were, John, you wanted to start this business, mm -hmm. but you got stuck when it came yeah. to, you know, it's like, what do we name this thing? Yeah. And then yeah. you look up all the names that are out there. They're taken, they're being used. What do yep. you do? You, you get stuck, right? It's, it's hard. Naming is hard. And so uh, some business owners will go to some different websites that have platforms that run contests and they'll say, um, they'll write up a little brief, they'll fill out a form. And then mm -hmm. just people from all over the world, you know, that are trying <laughs> to make an extra buck, which I have no problem with that. I was doing the same thing they go in and they suggest naming ideas. And if the business owner who's running the contest picks their idea, they win a prize. They might win $200 or $300 or something like that. And yeah. um, I was doing this and I was like, oh, I can, I'm doing okay. I was winning a, quite a few contests and it was really helpful to us financially. But I noticed that, you know, I was, 
I, I was there to make some money, but I also really wanted to help these business owners because I'm a helper. I'm an Enneagram too. I really wanted to do a great job. So I worked hard on my name ideas and it was frustrating if I never got any feedback, you know, or if I never heard from that um, business owner. And a lot of times there was no way to really talk to them and ask yeah. them the questions I wanted to ask. And that's where I was like, I can fix this. So I created yeah. um, what I called the mini crowdsourcing experience, which it's not really crowdsourcing, but I've pulled together a team of people. Um, and at this point, um, six and a half years later, I have an 18 person naming team. So it's a closed group of people. They're, yeah. they're my people. They're my family. And uh, we're all in it together to help business owners create a great name. So, so you get that group of people that, are diverse that have different approaches to naming right and you worked with them yeah um well i was and- gonna i was gonna brag on you for a second in that regard so you said the term crowdsourcing which is which is what it is like if you google and i'll name names because i don't care like 99 designs is a big one like you google some of these companies and i felt like well that that just falls short for what we were trying to achieve of just you know filling out a short questionnaire and then getting 500 names to then dissect and figure out. And so, um, you know, for us, especially like financial planning, you know, we're, we're creative in different ways, but we're not Mm -hmm. typically known to be creative when it comes to marketing, branding and coming up with a company name. And I can remember Matt and I sitting around going, what are we going to name this thing? And just like, we, you know, we had a bunch of ideas, but we knew that we needed help. And so what was cool about this was I started Googling like, this, you know, experience uh, crowdsourcing, you know, coming up with names. And I, and I came across Ink and Key and I don't, I feel like it was actually your name of your company that, like, I was like, Ink and Key. What? And then I went to the website. I'm like, wow, this is cool. And then I had an intro call with you. I don't know if you, I mean, you do this all the time, so you might not remember this. I, I remember this vividly because it was my experience, but I had this great call with you. It was like 30 minutes. I'm like, okay, this is like, this is the way we're going to do it. And, and you're right, you know, you don't have a hundred different, you know, hundred plus personalities trying to come up with a name you had. I mean, at the time, maybe there was like 10 or 12. I know you said it's 18 now, but you had this team and I knew I'm like, that's enough creatives and person and, and diverse personalities that we can help collaborate. And, and you had me go through this exercise of sending videos to everybody and kind of explaining our vision and what we're excited about and what we do. And I really felt integrated in like I felt like your team and and yourself really understood we were where we were coming from and it came out to what I love is the end result which is Cantor Path Financial five years later you know that's that's the name of the company and you know it's fun creating brand awareness around around that something that means something so much to you and and you help people do that I mean so cool so cool. I love that. I love Candor yeah. Path uh, too. I think that is just a fantastic name. And it's so, it's it's just a great example of how you can stand out in your industry with a unique name. Yeah. Well, we still have, I have the top five list of all the names and I look back at it probably every so often, like once a year and I'll send it to Matt and I'm like, Hey man, check out these, you know, they're, they're still cool names. I'm like, I want to buy the URL so that we can, you know, we could keep these names. They're so cool. But, um, no, I, I think that's, you know, that's such a, that was such a great introduction uh, to working with you, but Lynn, you do, you do, you do so many things in working with and, and, and coaching uh, business owners. Um, can we talk a little bit about uh, 
you know, your, your evolution to getting into this, uh, into this area of, of helping working with business owners, you know, you, you started your business at, at 49. Um, and, and yep. in, in 2016, you know, you started your business and really worked through a lot of challenges to get to where you are today. Can we share to the degree in which you're comfortable with share your story a little bit for listeners? Cause I think that's really inspiring. Yeah. Well, I hope it is. And I mean, the biggest, one of the biggest lessons is it's never too late. If you have a dream, if you have an idea for something and you think, oh, you know, I've heard people talk about, oh, I'm so old, I'm 40. I'm like, come on, I'm 55. <laughs> I'm just getting started, you know. Um, but, you know, I mean, with age comes wisdom. Um, you've had time to deal with a lot of your baggage in your life, you know. Yeah. And um, for me, it was uh, getting out of a 28-year marriage um, mm -hmm. that was not good for me or my kids. And, um, you know, everything kind of worked together for good, uh, to throw a little Bible verse in there, Romans eight twenty eight. Um, but, uh, I was, you know, struggling financially. And, um, before I, you know, separated from my husband, um, and, started moving towards changing my life um, is when I came up with this idea for Ink and Key. I was already doing some copywriting. I was just doing whatever I could to make ends meet. So I was homeschooling my kids and, um, you know, they were getting older. So I had time to, uh, I was doing marketing copywriting for actually a financial services company in Los Angeles. Um, I, I wrote white papers for them and it was really funny how the engagement started. Um, I can't remember how they found me online because I didn't have my website yet. Um, or ink and key wasn't even a thing, but they were like, Hey, can you write some white papers for us? And I'm like, absolutely. And then I go to Google and I'm like, what is a white paper? <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, yes, I did. Say yes and figure it out later. Right. That's right. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I wrote them a series of like, I don't know, at least six white papers on different, you know, topics about investments. Did I know anything about that? Absolutely not. You know, but I learned and I researched and I, you know, I used my skills, I think, from my educational background to take these complicated topics and mm -hmm. make them simple so that, you know, I try to write on like third or fourth grade level, even about complicated topics, because those are the kind of things that help people pay attention is yeah. if they can follow it and, you know, and it makes sense. So a little bit off topic, but yeah. Well, no, I mean, you're speaking my language because I think, I think the world of finance can be both complicated and boring as all get out. So, you know, going into a meeting and talking to somebody about the economic update and the inverse relationship between bonds and interest rates, that's not exciting. Right. And you got to find a way, <laughs> you got to find a way to make that not only interesting, but digestible and understandable. And I've always said, you know, when we end a meeting with somebody, my goal is for them to have learned something from it. You know, by the time they come out of that meeting, they've learned something and we've taken something complicated and made it simple. So, you know, we, we, you know, align very much and that speaks a lot with, with what we do. I feel like honestly, the majority of my job is, is that is specifically mm -hmm. that right there. Um, I want to go back to, uh, you know, the, the evolution and journey of you starting your, your own company in 2016. I mean, I, one of the things that you had mentioned in the pre-call that I thought was really powerful was that, you know, just like in, in your, in your journey to self-empowerment, you learned about yourself that you can do major things. Like you can do big things like starting a company. Um, 
and and doing what you love what uh you know just kind of share with the listeners like what what is um gosh i i you know how do you get to that point or or is it like this this self-confidence build of finally realizing like hold on i'm done doing everything for other people i'm done working for another company like i'm going to start my own thing can you just like share shed a little bit of light on on your journey there yeah absolutely um so I'd already mentioned, you know, just my idea of, mm-hmm. of, hey, I could run naming contests and I could actually let the people that are creating the names communicate with the people who need the names. Oops. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, kind of break through that wall of communication that I felt like was really holding a lot of business owners back from getting a great name and holding the yeah. namers back, the creatives from creating better names and taking the names they're they've already created and working on them to fine tune them. So they're just right. And so, um, with the encouragement of a couple of people, which this is a little life lesson too, is get people around you who will cheer you on, who will support you, you know, it's so big. And I mean, and these two ladies, I met them online from, you know, they were also doing naming contests and they're both still on my naming team. Um, to this day, they're awesome. And they were like, do it, do it. I'm like, okay. Cause I was kind of thinking, well, if it's just three of us in a contest, then we can just split the money every time. Wouldn't that be awesome? You know, Smart. uh, and wow. so, okay. you know, I literally built the ugliest website you have ever seen. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it was so bad, but I did it because you know, what are you going to do? So I just started. That's another lesson. Just get started. It's not going to yeah. be perfect. You're going to keep changing things along the way, but just start. Oh, you know, um, yeah, that's so true. Start. Yeah. Yeah. Make, so. Take it, taking, you know, instead of taking the perfect step in the right direction, take an imperfect stride, like just make that progress. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something that you said, uh, you know, th- this group of people that you had around you, these, these several others that you, that were motivating you to do it. I mean, it was the same for me. Like when we started Canterpath, I, I, I had heard this quote, it was Tim Fair. Actually, no, it was Tim. It was on a Tim Ferriss episode. I think it's a Jim Rohn quote. And it's, you're the average of the five people that you spend the majority of your time with. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes like you read a book and you take one sentence away or one paragraph away, or you hear somebody take one thing away. And that was mine. I went home, I wrote down that list and I'm like, I got to come up with a better five. <laughs> I mean, and, and as soon as I started doing that, I found that I was surrounding myself with more positive people. And those people were doing exactly what you described, which is encouraging you. And you need that, you need that support system around you. Um, you know, and now fast forward to, to 2023 and you're, you're coaching people, you're helping other business owners, you're part of someone else's support system, which I think is just, is so incredible. And, um, can we, let's talk a little bit about that. Cause I know you had mentioned Clifton, uh, Clifton strengths, um, and some of the different coaching that you do. Um, can you touch on what Clifton Strengths is? Because when you mentioned it to me, I was like, I recognize that. And it's like the Strength Finders was like the original idea of that. And it's it's evolved over time, right? Yep. Yeah, yes. Um, a lot of people will know it as Strengths Finder or Clifton Strengths. Um, yep. and I think I wrote down the name of the guy, um, Dr. Don Clifton. So he mm-hmm. created this stuff 30 years ago. Yeah. Um, and so there's 34 strengths and they are in four categories, executing influencing relationship building and strategic thinking. And so, um, and the reason I know all this is I have a good friend, um, uh, Dana uh, Williams, who is a Clifton strengths coach. And so she has really helped me, um, figure some of this stuff out. So what's interesting is that my top strength is empathy. 
Um, And my top five strengths are all in the relationship building category, which people that know me are kind of like, well, duh, you know, Um, and, and, but I found out that my last one, which is kind of like your weakness, number 34 for me is discipline, um, which I thought was hilarious. I'm like, oh, that kind of explains a few things um, of why I struggle. Um, you know, do you like- look at I, do you look at those <laughs> strengths like when you when they're ranked like that? Do you look at something that is your weakness and say, okay, my my job now is to find ways to improve that, or do you go lean harder into the strengths and say, this is these are my strengths. This is what I'm going to focus on. That is a, such a good question, and I know when I first did it. I was like, oh no, I'm really bad in discipline. Like it felt like I was getting a failing grade. Like I need to improve that. And you know what I learned is no, 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 you, you don't just, you use, you lean on your strengths, you lean on your top fives and you figure out how to use those to accomplish what you need to accomplish. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, so it's just, you know, what's interesting is like, um, the chance that you and someone else are going to share the top five strengths in the same order are one in 33 million. So wow. isn't that interesting? Jeez. So it just kind of shows how unique Better we odds are. odds to win the lottery. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we're unique. We're, we're, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made and put together um, so well so that, you know, once you really learn how to use your strengths, you can use them to your advantage. So what I learned was that um, one of the reasons why I started this whole business was because since empathy is my top strength, um, I wanted to help people with the same thing that I struggled with. Mm-hmm. What did I struggle with? Starting a business, figuring out things as I went along. And I really, you know, as I've walked through that and learned so much, I've, you know, I want to help other people do that. I want to help them get unstuck, start yeah. things off on the right foot, the right way. Don't have to spend time and money undoing things or redoing things, but do it right the first time. Build a strong foundation for your business so that you can succeed faster and with yeah. more efficiency. Yeah, that's that's great. And I think um, you know some of the some of the coaching stuff that we've talked about in the past. Um, I shared with you. I mean, we have since the day we started Canterpath, we have a we have a, a coach, and he's in the financial industry. His name's David David Desell. He's been on the show before, and um, we knew that. Not only because we, we had like a business partnership, but we just knew that we needed, even if we were solo, like we needed somebody to bounce ideas off of. And sometimes he, you know, the three of us come into a joint session together and, and, you know, we're, Matt and I are just ping pong and stuff all around. And his, you know, he, he looks at it as his role to sort of distill some of this, re-explain it, how he hears it. And I can't emphasize enough how important that is to have somebody be an advocate for you and help take something that's complicated and make it simple. Sometimes even just like the slightest uh, change of the perspective can like hit that light bulb moment for you. And I mean, that's, that's something that you, that you do with business owners, correct? You, I mean, you're coaching them and working with them on what, what is a typical, um, like what does a coaching session look like with you? Yeah. Well, that's a, a hard lot of- question. No, that's a, that's a very good question. I don't really think of myself as a coach, but I kind of am because I do sure. love all the strategy, even though my Clifton strengths don't show as much strategic. Um, I lean on my relationship strengths to build that strategic part out, which is yeah. kind of interesting how it all works together. But yeah, um, most of the time, you know, 
a lot of business owners will come to me and they'll kind of want to come to a marketing fast food restaurant and say, you know, I'd like a website with a side order of an email series, please. Um, and it's like, mm, okay, you know, and so it's like when you go to the doctor, you don't tell the doctor what you want. You place an order, you know, you, yep. you let them diagnose. And so I love it if a business owner will allow me the honor of diagnosing um, and maybe saying, mm, let's, you know, a lot of times people will say, I want to do this and this and this and spend all this money on ads to drive people to my website. And then yeah. I go look at their website and I'm like, mm, you know, I think we have to fix that first before we spend a lot of money driving people over here. Because once they land on your site, they're going to jump off in a few seconds. And so yeah. let's yeah. work on your message. Let's make sure that your website doesn't confuse people. Let's make sure you're not hiding the cash register, meaning, <laughs> you know, there's no call to action button. Like people go into a store and they pick up, a, you know something they want to buy and then there's no cash register. We've you know? learned that the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So just, you know, having a clear plan, having a clear message, that's what um, a coaching session looks like is I will not like if you were in a coaching session with me, I would not ask you a lot about yourself. I would try yeah. to find out about these people that you serve. Sure. What are the problems they struggle with? How do those problems make them feel? What's the injustice that they struggle with that you're going to come in kind of like the superhero dun, 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 and you're going to make it right. You're going to yeah. right the wrong. You're going to, you know, um, we call that the philosophical problem in story brand. There's just, it's just not right. It shouldn't be that hard to figure out a retirement plan that actually works, you know? Right. Um, those kind of things. And, you know, what, what is the process of how you work with customers? What's step one, two, and three? Hopefully three is the happy ending to the story is that, yeah. you know, they can kind of foreshadow and look, oh, I can actually get there. What transformation do you help your customers go through? Those are the kind of questions I ask in a coaching session. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, that's so great because honestly, I think most people either starting a business or already, you know, ingrained, you know, a few years into it, that is not... Well, actually, really anybody like I mean that no matter where you are in the life cycle of starting a business, that typically is not someone's strength um, being able to articulate what they do, their why, how they help people and and why they love it and then do it in a way that is, I don't know, understandable slash interesting. I mean, I, you know, again, I'll, I liken it to my industry um, where if you pulled up 100 financial planners websites i would i would bet that 80 to 90 percent of their copy is loosely the same um and that was a that was such an important exercise for us because we're looking at all these websites like oh this graphic looks cool and that looks cool and but the, all the content was the same and again my industry full of people that are maybe creative on the financial planning side and helping someone talk through and digest their goals in life and things like that are probably not that creative in explaining and connecting back to their why. And they need somebody like you to really figure that part out. Um, so I, I just think that that's so cool. And, and it's, um, I, I just want to give a nod to the fact that how I found, how we came across finding you Inc and key was again, just Google searching and finding your company. And we live nowhere near each other. Yeah. And yet we've worked <laughs> together. We've stayed connected for the last five years. 
and now you're on the show. I mean, I, I think it's just so cool that there's not even geographical boundaries to work with someone. You don't need to live in that community anymore to find the best of the best and the person that can help you do that thing that you need, um, which I just think is so cool. So I have a, I've, this, is, this is a lead into a two-part question. Um, do you find that you're able to effectively, well, I think I know the answer to this, but I want to hear you say, effectively work with someone regardless of location. So if they're not with you, present with you, you can work with someone effectively. And two, do you are you feeling like you've developed a niche in working with a specific industry? Um, and I got another follow-up question, but I'll start with those two. Yeah, those are very good questions. Um, definitely a big yes to working with anyone in the world. In fact, just... Um, I have a couple of dear clients in Australia. Um, one oh. particular uh, fellow um, was involved in, um, and I don't, I don't know exactly. It's some kind, something similar to a Department of Defense for Australia, um, cool. and they had this big tech product they needed a name for um, that had to do with resolving conflict um, in large organizations. It was really interesting, and this was probably maybe a year after I started Ink and Key, um, he came to us for a name and we just developed a relationship similar to how you and I have. And he still pops in every once in a while, just a LinkedIn direct message. Hi, how are you doing? And he's so kind. And he's kind of like, you know, I'd be like big time in my opinion, as far as like who he is. Um, and I'm like, I'm just me, you know, whatever, but it's so nice. Um, to that's, just, that's like that self, that's like that imposter syndrome though, because it, you yeah, are right. great and you do amazing work. But I think that sometimes too, and someone like reaches back out to me and I'm like, it's just me. Like it's no big deal, but that's, right. that's imposter syndrome talking. But anyway, continue. Yeah. Good call. Yes, you're, you're right. And so thank you for calling, calling me out on that. I'm still working on that a little bit, but yeah, I mean, marketing is just, you know, sometimes people think of um, marketing in a different way than they should, you know, like sure. they might think of it as manipulative or we're trying to just, you know, or they think of sales as, as something that's bad, you know, but it's really not, it's just, you know, marketing is all about building relationships and helping, you know, the people that come to me, I help my clients build relationships as I'm building relationships with my clients. And it's all about, you know, my, I had to come up with a sort of a mission statement for Ink and Key. And it's really simple. It's we help people help people. That's what we love yeah. to do. Um, yeah. And, you know, and it's all about relationships. So it's, um, and now you have to remind me the second part of your question because I rambled. Well, yeah, I will. That, I think that that's really important though, because I, I feel like um, sales, especially in my industry, but any, any industry is for sure a dirty word and it doesn't need to be, and it shouldn't be. If you can yeah. connect your purpose, cause and passion back to it and it's ethical and it's moral and you're doing something for the betterment of somebody or helping somebody that does not need to be a negative thing. Cause you're, you, you know, I, um, th this was a, this was part of a coaching session that we had with, with someone where, the comment he made was, you know, Matt and I said, well, this is with David, who I mentioned earlier. Matt and I said like, hey, you know, we're at a great place. We love our clients and we're growing via referrals and, you know, we, we're good with that. Like, that's where we want to live. And he said, you guys have a moral obligation to get the message out there about what you do to as many people as possible. Because what if the person that could or should know about you doesn't because you didn't get your message out there and that person goes to a, a bad financial planner who is pushing product for their own agenda and not for the betterment of that person. 
And you have this, you have a responsibility to get your message out there to people. And when I heard that, I was like, whoa. I mean, that made me view sales and marketing in a completely different light than I had ever thought of it before. Um, and I just, uh, it, it is important to change, to change our mindset around that. Um, the follow-up question was, uh, are you finding that you have a specific niche of, of folks that you work with, or is it just really anyone that's entrepreneurial spirited and, and growing a business? Yeah. You know, everyone says the riches are in the niches or niche, if you say it that way. I've never heard that before. um, (laughs) As, as often as I have tried, I just can't limit myself in that way. And it's not because I think I'm, my niche is, you know, if there was one, it would be naming. Um, That's kind of, that's the door that a lot of people come through. Um, What's fun is if they come and stay. Um, and we love that. So we love to help people get unstuck with a name. And then if they stay with us, if they enjoy working with us, which is the goal, build that relationship. Um, then, you know, we help them, for instance, um, there's a current client and we're just having so much fun with this. So this could be sort of a niche for us as far as it's, it's more about working with entrepreneurs to help them build a really strong brand so they, they can be profitable, they can achieve their dreams, you know, um, yeah. and help people. So this uh, precious client came to us. She's so fun to work with. And she struggled with food allergies. And she um, uh, realized that when she traveled uh, for work, she couldn't find the right thing she wanted to eat. And she always wished she had her blender with her, you know, or her mm. um, whatever little devices she kept at home so she could make her own um, almond milk because even store-bought almond milk she could find had stuff in it that she couldn't eat. Um, so she either had to do without or risk getting sick while she was traveling. So a lot of times, you know, what drives an idea, what drives entrepreneurs is problem solving, right? That's what drove me. So she was like, all right, I'm going to solve my own problem. I'm going to create a travel blender that I can take with me on trips. So she came up with this idea. It's the cutest, most adorable little blender. I should have it here and I could show you, but it's just the tiniest little thing, but um, it it's like a juicer. It makes plant milk, almond milk. It's got a filter in it. And it's just like a regular blender to make smoothies. It's really cool. So she came What's to the us name for of it? A, Nochi. Uh, there's okay. no website yet. We're still working okay. on it. Okay. But it's cool. N-O-C-C-I. Be on the lookout. Okay. Um, so we named it Nochi, which is a word for, for nut. Um, and so we have a little squirrel that's kind of like the mascot. We created the logo, all the product packaging. Um, I had the best time in the world rewriting a... Um, originally written in Chinese instruction manual, (laughs) which was so fun. And so um, all of the website copy is pretty humorous, which I love writing with a little touch of that, just kind of fun Mm -hmm. um, copywriting. And so we've just taken this brand, this idea, and we've named it. We've created all the visual branding for it, you know, all the packaging, the website copy. And we're, she's just finishing up with some product photography and videos um, and so, um, probably within the next month or so, the website will be launched and, um, it's really exciting. So that's, you know, just, it's such a privilege and an honor to name something, but how much more so to actually see that name turn into, um, the product and see it come to life and then see this entrepreneur succeed. That's so rewarding and so fun. 
I can I can feel the enthusiasm and I can see the joy on your face while you're talking about it. And so it's just it it is so authentic. And I know I mean, I can just tell how much you love what you do. Um, something yeah. we talk a, a lot about and we actually did a podcast on this maybe four or five episodes ago, and it was called Efforts of Impact. Um, and it and it really the the basic concept and something we talk about internally on the team a lot is what's more impactful, sending an email or picking up the phone and calling somebody? What's mm. more impactful, you know, shooting them a quick text message or sending them a, a video explaining the same thing or an audio text explaining the same thing, going yeah. basically one step further. And I think when you can connect to your purpose, cause and passion and you find joy in what you do, efforts of impact is easy. Mm. And it is for you, Lynn. I mean, I, 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 from the first conversation we had together, I know that I can remember the collaborative process and working with your team to come up with a name and getting videos back from, from some of your team sort of explaining why they like this idea or this name and what I thought about it. And that easily could have just been a quick message. Here's, here's the name that I came up with period. See ya. Let me know what you think. Right. And it wasn't, it was, it was the whole inspiration behind it. And again, I think when you love what you do, that the efforts of impact side is easy. Um, and it's part of the reason we've stayed connected all these years, you know, yeah. like, I mean, tagging on LinkedIn and social media and you, you just, you clearly have such a passion uh, for what you do. And I know that um, coach may be kind of a weird term, but I do think that you help people, you motivate people, you inspire people. And, you know, on the financial planning realm, I've never really used the term that I'm a financial coach, but in essence, I am. I mean, that's mm -hmm. kind of what it is, what we do. And I would, I would liken that similar to, to what you do um, on the marketing and branding side for an entrepreneur. Um, and I've mentioned a couple of times now that we have a coach and we, we talked a little bit about this. Like the comment that I made was coaches need coaches. Yes. Um, and talk to me a little bit about, this is, this is just kind of a, a fun tangent, but you had mentioned the female founders talk shop. Yes. Can we talk about that at all? That sure. just sounds fun. So I just wanted to, I wanted to mention that and some of the good things that you're doing there. Yeah. I mean, um, part of the joy for me of being a StoryBrand certified guide is that involves a community. And so, yep. uh, you know, when you get certified as a guide, all that means is just that I am certified to use this narrative framework that Donald Understood. Miller came up with um, that's based in brain science. It's really fun. Um, yeah. And Donald, but, Donald Miller is huge, by the way. Yeah. You sent, you sent me his book and I, I had I had known of him. And then, you know, I started listening to podcasts and hearing more about them. And it was like, well, this is, this is massive. He is one smart guy for yeah. sure. Um, and so as, you know, becoming part of this community has just, you know, my top five strengths are relationship building. So I have been able to meet so many amazing people from all over the world that are also story brand guides and get connected to a lot of really fascinating female founders who started their business. Everybody's got their own story, which of course I'm really interested in. And so several of us got together and it kind of started on clubhouse. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I thought, gosh, that's intimidating to sit there and talk, you know, in this group of women and who wants to listen to me again, imposter syndrome, um, working on that. Definitely. Uh, yep. But Definitely so we is. kind of created it um, for Clubhouse and have since we're not really on Clubhouse anymore, but we have created a community of female founders. And we've started a Friday coffee chat once a month 
where um, two female founders lead it. And we talk about different things um, like uh, money mindset and some other topics. But what's different about us is everything that we're doing is based on a research study that we've conducted, um, which has been super interesting. Um, And so Catherine Brown, who is a superstar when it comes to sales. She is an author of a fantastic book on sales called How Good Humans Sell. I recognize, I, I recognize, I recommend that you go buy that if you don't have it, How Good Humans yeah, Sell. I just wrote it's that fantastic. Down. She's a good human and the way she teaches on sales is so different. But anyway, Catherine's husband um, is a research guru. Um, And so he helped us put together an actual real life research study for women entrepreneurs and women founders to find out where, what are the areas that they struggle in. And so that's kind of the driving force is to try to help other female founders like ourselves work through some of the things we struggle with, provide that community, provide um, resources so we can help each other. Yeah. So. That's really cool. What, what were, I just out of curiosity, what were some of the um, some of the findings, I guess, from the study or some of the things that you guys are talking about as far as trying to build each other up. And you had mentioned like certain areas that, that female founders and leaders struggle with. What did, what did that look like? Yeah. Um, so much of it has to do, I mean, it either usually has to do with time or money. I don't have enough time to do what I need to do or, um, you know, the fear of investing, in yourself yeah. or having someone else come, you know, an outsider come and invest in your company. Um, and then so much is money mindset. It's not really about not having enough money, but it's about your, your mindset around money. And yeah. so to me, that feels like the root problem. And I am um, not like, basically what I say is I don't speak spreadsheets. Sure. <laughs> so I'm not the data person in the group, but um, so uh, I can get you that information later, but I'm not great at talking about all of the detail when it comes to the data, but I yeah. can talk about the feeling behind it, you know? I love um, it. <laughs> well, whereas this is hard, this is difficult for me, but I, I could live in a spreadsheet all day long. Right. I love spreadsheets. So <laughs> to- totally get it. Yeah. Um, no, I just, I, 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 I share commonality with some of those challenges too. And I think a lot of people like the the money mindset stuff. I mean, that is, rooted from a very young age, um, you know, where uh, a lot, we've talked about this in the show a lot, kind of having like more of a scarcity point of view yeah, or mindset um, versus, you know, a mindset of abundance, which is, which is a whole nother, we could do a whole nother uh, podcast, you and I on, on that. But totally. um, I, I think that's, that's absolutely a, a big deal. Um, Lynn, any uh, any parting uh, thoughts of of wisdom that you'd like to share uh, with the listeners of our show? I mean, gosh, um, I mean, if you're a financial planner, I would say go check your website. Yeah, <laughs> I would say I'm going to go do that now. Yeah, I would just say make sure that you're not talking too much about yourself because yeah. when people hear story and story brand, they think oh, I get to go tell my story. And it's like, no, it's not about you. It's about your customer. It's about the people you serve. So make sure that the words on your website speak directly to the people who are reading your website. And don't talk about all your features. Talk about, you know, I I feel like, did I get this? Did I get this from you? I might've, but um, we've talked a lot about this internally. Don't 
don't be the hero of the story. Yes. And, and for, for all the reasons that you just said, I mean, uh, from our point of view, you know, we're very much trying to create a, a team-based ensemble approach to financial planning, because I don't feel like one person can effectively do all things finance. I think that that's very difficult. There are mm-hmm. so many areas of, of financial planning. Um, you know, Matt is, is, you know, our enrolled agent with the IRS, very heavy on the tax side. Michael on our team is very heavy on the investment planning side. And we leverage each other's time and talent in that way. And um, not only within the team, you know, I'm trying to give credit and kudos to other members of the team because I, I'm not the hero of the story, but also the, the customer, the client, they don't want to hear you being coming in and, and, and saving the day. You don't, you shouldn't be the hero of the story, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's the whole premise behind um, Donald Miller's book, Building a Story Brand, is that every good story has a hero and a guide. And the mistake that most business owners make is they position themselves as the hero of the story. Like if you think about Star Wars, you've got Luke Skywalker. He is a mess at the beginning of the story. He's a loner. He's out here on this planet just doing stuff. And, you know, by the end of the story, he's undergone this huge transformation. And by golly, he's a Jedi. How did he get there? A guide. And so you can be Yoda, you know, Team Yoda or Team Obi-Wan. But one of those guys, he had a guide to take him from, you know, the beginning where he was a mess to a Jedi. So he, he went through a transformation with the help of a guide. So business owners need to position themselves as the guide and not the hero because This is the big thing, I think, um, and a good takeaway is that, you know, I'm the hero of my own story. You're you're the hero of yours. Everything I see in life, I kind of view through this lens. I'm the hero of my story. I'm walking through my story. If I go onto your website, you're the hero. You can't have two heroes in the same story. It doesn't work. Like Mm. with narrative theory, it doesn't work. And when there are two heroes in a story, it creates dissonance. Boop, I'm going to bounce off that website because I'm looking for a guide. I'm a hero that has a problem that needs to be solved and I'm looking for a guide. So just make sure, you know, that you position yourselves as the guide in the story and that you understand the problem that your hero is struggling with and that you help them associate you and your brand with the solution to the problem that they're struggling with. That's incredible. That is awesome. Wow. What a, what a great way to wrap up the show. Um, Lynn, such a fun time talking with you and thank you for sharing your story. I don't often um, go in and re-listen to episodes after we record them, but I think this is going to be one of the shows that I do that, um, especially just how we ended. We could do a whole other show on the last couple of topics that we talked about. So yeah, there's so, so much usefulness to come from, from this episode. Um, Lynn, before I let you go, how can uh, listeners to the show find you? What's the best way to find you on social media? Yeah, well, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty active on there. Uh, just my name, Lynn Tickner. And you can go to my website, inkandkey.com, I-N-K-A-N-D-K-E-Y.com. And it's pretty fast to schedule a call with me. And I'll, I do free 15-minute calls all day if you just want to chat about your website or just say hello. I would love that. Love it. Well, we'll, uh, and we'll tag that in the, in the show notes so people can just go straight to the link. Um, as always, everyone, thank you for listening to Above Board with Canterpath. We love these conversations and we love our listeners. Um, if you'd like more bite-sized chunks of these discussions, head over to canterpath365.com where you can listen to 60 to 90 second 
market uh, minute updates or clips of this show on your Amazon Alexa. We hope you have a great day and we'll see you next week. Bye.